welcome back to Conscious Pathways. I'm your host, Brittany Carey, and I have a fabulous guest to share with you today. Julia Lohman has been committed to social change, anti-bias, and multicultural practices her entire career and beyond. She has been in early care and education for the past 28 years, working with families and children ages 0 to 12 in various settings and positions, including from a teacher to program director. She is currently an early care and education consultant and works for Head Start programs all across San Diego County. Her passion for social justice and anti-racism was nurtured at a young age by her father who taught black studies. She has woven this passion into everything she does personally and professionally. In addition to her professional work, Julie is a proud parent of a 24-year-old and a bonus parent to a seven-year-old, her ultimate child development experiment. I am so excited to share this conversation with you. We talked about everything from early childhood to higher education. We talked about our hopes, our goals, our dreams. It was just such a beautiful and amazing conversation. So let's jump into it. Welcome to the Conscious Pathways podcast. I have Julia with me today. Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, I think the first time that we actually met each other was earlier this year at Mm -hmm. the San Diego Imperial uh, California Association for the Education of Young Children Conference. It is such a long name for that conference. Yes. <laughs> yes. I feel like we need, we need a, a shorter acronym for the acronym. <laughs> well, you know, it used to be shorter. Um, funny thing is, so it used to be simply SDAYC. So San Diego <laughs> Association for Education of Young Children. <laughs> and actually, while I was president of the, lo- which is the local chapter mm-hmm. of the state and national chapter, mm-hmm. uh, of National Association for Education of Young Children. And so NAYC for short uh, went through a shift in how they were doing their their affiliates and chapters. And so mm-hmm. as part of my presidency, I helped shift that from SDAYC mm-hmm. to becoming a chapter under the state. And the oh. state is the California Association for Education of Young Children. And so with that shift, we had to shift our name because we were not going to be our own entity anymore. Mm. And so hence the San Diego Imperial chapter of California. (laughs) (laughs) So I love that. I love that breakdown. (laughs) Because I did not know. Um, I just remember trying to promote that that we were there. I was like, doesn't mean that it doesn't need to shorten, but. At least I know why. At least I know why. There's always a reason why. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But I remember you did such a beautiful session there and I was just so inspired and it was just culturally relevant and it was just had so much good juicy content in it. And I was like, I need to connect with this person. (laughs) And I'm so glad that you did. I'm so glad that you did. That was a fun one to do. That was a fun Mm. one to do. There's never enough time. Even if you're given mm-hmm. 45 minutes or two hours, there's yes. never enough time. But yes, yes. I'm, glad that, I'm glad that you able, were able to come in and we connected because I felt, I was like, oh, I walked away thinking, like, I'm really glad. It's like, we definitely need to talk. <laughs> and this is the first time, no, we ran into each other at Planning Council. We did. We did. Is that in July? Um, the, I believe that was back in July. We ran into, into each other at the local Planning Council um, one of the big council meetings, because they have the big mm-hmm. council meetings and then the subcommittee meetings. 
um, mm-hmm. lots of meetings. But yes. uh, that was so great to run into you because I know we've been trying to connect for a while and life is just lifing sometimes. <laughs> yes, it yes. does that a lot. Yes. So I'm so honored that you're choosing to spend this time with me today and join the podcast. Um, So I have some questions for you. My first one is tell me a little bit about your background in early childhood education. Why early childhood education? Where did you get your start? Tell me all of it. (laughs) Well, I tell you all of it. It may be hours, but let me see (laughs) if I can do an abbreviated version. Well, you know, I've been in early childhood for... Mm -hmm. 28 years. Wow. Yes, 28 yeah. years. Wow. 28 years. Uh, I started when I was two. We're <laughs> we going way, way back. <laughs> I started early childhood education in early childhood. No, actually, I had gotten out of high school and wanted to be a teacher and started mm-hmm. over at San Diego State and was working at a sporting goods store while I was mm-hmm. taking classes. Cause a lot of times you know, go to college and you're not really mm-hmm. in the field yet. And I was not happy. And I had um, someone ask me like, well, what would you make you happy? I was like, well, you know, working with kids, which is why I'm going to school. And I said, well, why don't you like work at a preschool? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. I don't have to have my degree yet. And I'm like, no. So Mm. I started, I actually ended up dropping from San Diego State at Mm. the time. Now I know I had some learning and neurodivergent abilities Uh, (laughs) that were occurring. mm -hmm. Um, And so I started taking classes at Grossmont College, which ironically is where you and I met. Yes. I was doing that workshop. And so I started taking early childhood classes. Now I will tell you when I tried to get a preschool job, I hadn't Mm. taken those classes yet. I actually, this was back Ah. in the day when you actually went through the classifieds and looked through the newspaper. So I was calling places and saying, Hey, you know, I'm interested in being a teacher because in my Mm. mind, I have always loved working with little kids. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, I kept seeing CD or ECE mm-hmm. after, and I didn't know, have any idea what that meant. And so uh. I was like, they're like, well, do you have any units? And I was like, what kind of units? I was like, oh, on here, what are Eki units? <laughs> and I'm that sure the person on the other end was, who is this person? I'm like, you know, you need to go to school and take classes. And in my head, I'm like, somebody said I didn't need to have a degree. It's like, well, no, but you do need to take classes. Yeah. So that's how I ended up at Grossmont. And it was at Grossmont mm-hmm. when I was in, it was my, I had had six units. And one of my classmates had a preschool that they had just taken over in Lakeside, needed a toddler teacher. And said, hey, they asked me if I was interested. And I said, yeah, sure, but I don't have a lot of experience. So I said, oh, that's okay. Because they'd seen me mm-hmm. in class. They had never mm-hmm. seen me in the classroom. So, yes, <laughs> two different things. Yeah, yeah. I really would never have put, well, I wouldn't say never, but I would not have put 
my children in my classroom because I have mm-hmm. higher expectations. <laughs> um, I was a teacher in a two-year-old room. So mm-hmm. if you've worked with two-year-olds. Yep, I sure have. Working with one or two is one thing, but working with 12 mm-hmm. of them all by yourself yep, is a bit of a challenge. Which is still wild to me that you can have a classroom, at least in California. I don't know how it is for other states as well, but in California, you can have a classroom full of 12 two-year-olds and you can just have that by yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's great if you love chaos. It's great if you love chaos. Yeah, or not, <laughs> or you don't really have a, you're not really super concerned about developmentally appropriate mm-hmm. practices. <laughs> yes. You know, there's other states, and I, it's been a while since I've done the research, but there are other states that you mm-hmm. don't have to have any units. Wow. Zero. Zero. Wow. Yeah. And that is wild to me. Yeah. And so I think I lasted about three months and I kept getting okay. sick because when you work with little yep. people, you, your immune system needs to build up. And yep. there was First one year. day, right? Every year that now the day, I think it was the day that I was, I was changing a diaper on a stack of cots because my classroom did not have a changing table Uh and I had one little one in the bathroom, which at least I could see them visually. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. of course, everybody else is kind of playing in the room and one of them got stuck in the, it was in the little kitchen set. So in the little play sink, they got, they climbed in there and got stuck in there. While they're in there, one of their friends thought they would take a taste of them and bit them in the leg. Oh, no. And then promptly ran out the door to the playground. Oh, wow. And so I sat there and I was like, okay, this one will roll off and get hurt. So let me finish this. The one that's outside not supposed to be out there and I'm pretty sure that's a licensing problem. However, they won't leave the yard. Mm-hmm. There was also no phone in my classroom. Oh, geez. Okay. To ask for help. The one that's crying and stuck in the kitchen, he's stuck there. He's not getting out. So <laughs> I triage. Yes, you got a triage. <laughs> yes. Yes. So mm. that, that experience, I admit, I did change the diaper, eventually got the kid off the playground, got some, I mm. got the child out of the kitchen sink, mm. under the kitchen sink, <laughs> put the ice on them yeah, and said, Hey, you know, I need to get another job because I, this is, this is more th- I need to know more. And I think that yes. was the big thing. And it's always been for me is I need to know more. Whereas mm. for some folks, they're like, that's okay. I need to do, this is what I need to do. And mm-hmm. I just was like, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable with this. So I need to learn more. And so I ended mm-hmm. up working at a family child care where I was able to get more units and experiences, which was a beautiful, beautiful setting. And mm. I, she and I are still friends. Mm. And my son ended up going there and uh, so I worked in a family child care for a little while and she could, mm-hmm. she kept paying me more and more so I wouldn't leave. 
but I'm one of those people, even when I, if I enjoy the place, I always want to be learning. Yeah. And I kind of felt like I'd soaked up everything that I could mm. and ended up going and working at, um, I had a friend, actually that parent, my dad's friend uh, had, his partner was working at a, one of the colleges here in the enrollment department and said, you know, we always need subs and this is how much they pay. And I was mm -hmm. young and trying to pay my rent and was like, hey, mm -hmm. let me go over there. And I did go over there as a sub, ended up mm -hmm. being, getting on full time. I, I worked with the toddlers for most of it. And then mm -hmm. I went into the two-year-olds again. Dip your toe Oof. back in. <laughs> you know, I love them. I do. Mm -hmm. And I realized that that is not my gift. Two-year-olds are not, mm -hmm. two-year-old classrooms are not my gift. Yeah. I, um... That classroom I worked in was there. We had twenty four, but at least there mm -hmm. were there were four teachers. There was a yes. lead teacher yeah. and associate teachers, so there were four mm -hmm. of us. However, mine was always the table where the kids finished first. Everybody's <laughs> <laughs> yep. like, "Don't let them get up because then they're yeah. all gonna get up." I'm like, two. Yes, yes. Need to learn more. <laughs> I do. I was like, I've learned how to say sit down in Japanese, Chinese, Farsi, mm -hmm. <laughs> these languages. Are, well, I'm speaking yeah. their language, but it's not what they want to do because it's they're not. two. It's because they're two. And developmentally, those attention spans just aren't, <laughs> they're not there. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So yeah, I was there for a little while. I worked in the two-year-old room, worked with four-year-olds, ended mm -hmm. up, um, Let's see, did I get married? Yeah, I got married. Mm. And before, and now as I got engaged and was wondering, thinking, you know, I really am ready for my own classroom. But mm, where okay. I was, nobody was going to leave because you have okay. great benefits, amazing benefits. Mm -hmm. And if you can keep doing what you love doing, you have great benefits. You've been there a while, yeah. so you just stay. Yeah. So I moved was on. Was this a head start or was it a California no, state preschool? It, it was a state preschool. They had state okay. funding. Yeah, they yeah, had okay. state gotcha. funding. And so I ended up taking a job at um, a, a private, private preschool, private nonprofit that specialized mm -hmm. in, had also home health nursing. And mm -hmm. so at the school, it was really cool. At the time, it was called special care. Now okay. it's called Together We Grow, I believe, and it's not in the same place. Um, okay. But they also had, there's teachers and nurses. So for those children oh, wow. that have medical, medically fragile yeah. needs. And so that was a really good experience. And so I got married. They said, you know, I was going in for uh, working in the infant room, which is, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the, I would always be willing to go back to the mm -hmm. infant room because I absolutely it's just so much so mad so much magic happens in a short period of time yes yes and so they said I was t replacing one of four teachers in a very small program that were all going on maternity leave within okay. weeks of each other oh wow yes two of them were in that same classroom oh wow so Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, you know, I'm fine. Doctor told me I would have trouble having children. So okay. I'm the one for you. And they said, well, don't drink the water. I was like, I'll drink the water. 
And six months later, I was pregnant. <laughs> so there was something going on in the water there. <laughs> oh, yes. And from what I heard after I had left, that that, it, that did happen to other people, too. So it was kind of fun. Oh, wow. <laughs> but they moved from the location. So I don't know if the magic is still happening. Um, They're like, we need to move locations. We keep losing our teacher. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. Right? So I keep getting pregnant. And so, yeah, he is now 24. Um, so this was 24 years ago. And the day that I was nursing him, I had another with a bottle on the other side and somebody I was like bouncing with my foot. Mm -hmm, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, I have to take one of you home with me and kudos to everyone who is able to yeah. work with their own children in their classroom or mm -hmm. at their family childcare. I, I hands down, I, you are amazing. It's like just, I needed to have that separation. So I ended up going, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, that was just, that's not my gift. I have many others. <laughs> so I ended up, that's when I got into administration. And so okay. I became an assistant director at a for-profit program. So it was my first time mm -hmm. working at a straight for-profit. Until mm -hmm. then, it always been nonprofit. Yeah. That I know of. Um, <laughs> at least in the set childcare settings, because I in the yeah. the center-based settings, mm -hmm. and um, it didn't. It was really hard to for me to reconcile being making money off of a service. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was really hard for me to think about profit, which was also part of my challenge when I worked in retail. It's like, if somebody doesn't yeah. want something, I'm not going to try to convince you that you do want yeah. it so I can make money. Yes. That just That's why I, I would not do sales. I don't think I would be good at sales. Like, do you want this? No. Okay. Have, have a good day. <laughs> right? Like, I might. Yeah, okay. Now I might actually, I was like, are you sure you don't want it? <laughs> this is what it could do for you. Then you're like, no. All right. It's like, okay. Okay. So <laughs> the idea of upselling, I used to work in, in restaurants and bars and mm -hmm. cafes and they would always be like, okay, this is the thing we need you to upsell, like upsell this. And I'm like, okay, I guess, but <laughs> up to my own, up, up to my own devices. Like, I don't know if you don't want it, you don't want it. Like I, I am not, I don't have the sales gene. I recognize that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I have many other talents. I am talented in an abundance of things. I recognize that sales is not the thing <laughs> that I excel in. You know, it's funny because, you know, also, I've also realized just throughout the years that people that are really good in sales will also try to convince you that you can sell things. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, mm -hmm. like here, you can do that. No, no, no. that's not, you know, I think that. <laughs> No, no. And I think also just not even just the gift, but inside it doesn't feel right. I know mm -hmm. somehow my parents aren't sure when I brought this up, how I got the message, but this message that whatever I do has to have social capital. Mm. And for me, working in early childhood education and my interactions in the different spaces is building that social capital and mm -hmm. that isn't necessary monetary. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was the other piece that just didn't fit right. And I yeah. so actually started getting really kind of depressed because I was like, okay, I have a, 
the time is 18 month at home home. I'm mm-hmm. working from 11 to seven because we had late hours oh, yeah. and like, so it doesn't feel right. And ended up after that, I ended up going, working for the Y at oh, okay. one of their child development centers. Mm-hmm. And my heart was back. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. You know, and working there. Actually, no, you know what? Before I did that, I went back to the family child care because my friend was like, Julie, oh. come back. Bring mm-hmm. Sean with you. Come back. And so I felt better. It was a good reset. But then once again, she's like, I know I can't pay you enough. I can't keep paying you more. So, and you've got to keep learning, even mm-hmm. if I keep paying you more. So then I ended up at the Y. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so all that time I was still continuing my education, but I think the foundation at Grossmont College was, was I think, one of the strengths because there was such a focus on the whole child, all child development. I've, I've taken classes at City, Mesa, all of the different places. Mm-hmm. I, I just know that when I was at Grossmont, this honor of young children, and I also got introduced to the AUIC system, I should say, mm-hmm. the professional development system, because there was a pamphlet in one of my classrooms. So I literally okay. had been a member since okay. I've been in the field, you know, off and on, you know, so, those younger days were like, oh, I can't quite pay that, but yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. um, so this desire for learning kind mm-hmm. of kept going. So I take my classes still then become a mom, become a wife and still mm-hmm. keep going and working and learning. And, you know, I've the why I worked for as a site supervisor and a program mm-hmm. director and then moved forward. Um, that had to do with my son. I was working 12 hour days and mm-hmm. he was such a trooper though. Cause he would, he, once he was potty trained, he came to work with me and mm-hmm. he was so cute. At the end of the day, they'd ask him at the front desk and say, Sean, you want to work at the front desk or on the, do you want to help us write receipts on the computer? And he'd <laughs> say, uh, I work on the Peter. <laughs> so we could go work on the computer. And so it was really this nice cool little family that we created. And actually, mm-hmm. once again, that's, I have friends that were still really close from when I worked there mm-hmm. that we really work together. And like, you know, though, I want to be more than when we come home, okay, let's go to bed, eat and go to bed. Yeah. And worked out as a, got a job as a program director for Child Development Associates down in uh, South Bay. But now they had, mm-hmm. at the time, they had a for-profit program they were running, and then I worked on the nonprofit, state-funded. I was the mm-hmm. program director for them, and it was an amazing learning experience. And that's where I got introduced to the local planning council. The mm-hmm. one of the founders, Charlene Tressler, uh, she rest in power, was mm-hmm. extremely influential and on my path. And we got a grant to help developed the master plan for preschool for all, which we currently mm-hmm. know now as QPI. Yes. And uh, also part of a foundation of the st- of San Diego County's blueprint plan for childcare. Uh, Little did I yes. know at the time, but at the time it was to help support the development of the master plan. And, mm-hmm. and that's where I really, I learned about the politics Mm-hmm. in early childhood education and 
understand, you know, all the decisions that are made at the county level. And remember thinking, these are a lot of decisions that are being made about people that are not here yes. or for people that are not yes. here. And so I think once again, tapped into that desire to make sure that there's a voice there and let other people know that, hey, you know, while you're in the classroom, these are decisions that are being made. Do you want to have an input or do you, mm -hmm. you're like, I'm not really worried about it. And so helping bring those issues forward to help other people understand. And also yes. became part of that development, um, joining the SDAYC board and starting with committee work and the mm. uh, I was a committee chair for administrators and directors and the committee for social change mm. was near and dear to my heart where I got connected on the larger scale with the state association, okay. which is now California AUIC and nice. became a part of the board there and learned more there. And just, mm -hmm. I've been able, I'm very grateful because of early childhood education that I, and my passion that I've been able mm -hmm. to go to different places and see what's going on and then return to home to see what I can do yes. with that information. Yeah. So, um, Love that. There's, you know, it's, there's so many wonderful things happening in this world that we don't know about. And so mm -hmm. many amazing things that people do with young children in different parts of the world mm -hmm. that we don't know. And why not when, especially in San Diego County, where we are one a destination when it comes mm -hmm. to, uh, the military, we have like huge military yes. population yes. and all kinds of different people coming here. And then mm -hmm. one of the main ports for refugees and immigrants. Mm -hmm. And so why shouldn't we know more about the places that they came from and yes. not just assume that they need our education to be this specific way, but to really be yes. authentic and responsive and also yes. understand that even if it may not have been the best quote quality, that this is the education foundation they're built on. So let's understand mm -hmm. that so that we can kind of weave it all together, not melt it, but weave mm -hmm. it all together. Weaving like it, this yes, tapestry. incorporate it. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And so, that, yeah. That is, so that now is so I've powerful. been a start for 14, 15 years. Wow. Ended up here at Neighborhood House Association for 15 years mm. and have done different things even there. So I kind of, I've done a lot <laughs> of different things from being in the classroom and then mm -hmm. also being an administration and then also being support services and disabilities coordinator. And so yeah. the lenses, I think the most common thread, no matter what my experience has been, is one that social capital. Yes. And ensuring is elevating voices of those that may not commonly be heard or spoke for. Mm -hmm. yes. And not just elevating their voices, but going back and saying, hey, these are the things that are happening and I know you can't be there. What can I do to say? I think yes. a friend of mine said, um, I think it was in 10th, 11th grade, somebody gave me a poem. I was in Catholic school and they gave me a quote 
about being like the voice for the voiceless. And I don't believe anybody has no voice. Everybody has mm -hmm. a voice in a different way. Yes. But there is a time where you can help voice what others need you to do. And so I kind of yes. worked on channeling and being, just making sure I have that authentic and the, not just authentic, but the, the voices ingrained in me, not, mm -hmm. and that it's not mine, that I'm not taking it for myself, you know? Yes. And that's like that core of, of advocacy is mm -hmm. again, giving those voices to, to the people who have been historically disenfranchised, you know, mm -hmm. elevating them, making sure that the people on the ground have the resources, have mm -hmm. the opportunities to be able to advocate and be a part of those solutions. Uh, there's mm -hmm. so much of what you said is just, it resonates so deeply with me. And mm -hmm. I've really loved and I've enjoyed hearing your pathway through, um, mm -hmm. you know, just different jobs you've had, different places you've worked. Because I think when we think about early childhood education, sometimes, like I've heard like in my, in my classes as well, people kind of not wanting to do early childhood education because they don't want to be pigeonholed to do one thing. It's like, well, if I do this, then I can only do, I can only be this. I can only be a teacher or I can only be a director or I can only, you know, teach at a collegiate level. Like those are my only three options if this is what I do. And that's not the case. There is so much that you can do <laughs> with, a, with a, your background and experience in early childhood. And as you said, there's things that we can be doing in policy. There's things that we can be doing even with the school board, that early childhood mm -hmm. education voice needs to be more prevalent, especially with TK now being a part of essentially the school district mm -hmm. now more than ever, like we need to be, our voices need to be heard about what's mm -hmm. developmentally appropriate, what policies are appropriate. And as you're saying, California and San Diego is exceptionally diverse. We have a lot yeah. of backgrounds. We have a lot of voices. We have a lot of people, even from different states, even from different countries, communities, different mm -hmm. languages. We have just this wealth of diversity that is here. Mm -hmm. Why not tap into that? Why not bring these voices to the table and have that be a part of these policy meetings, which is so great. What the local planning council is doing mm -hmm. is really doing its best to elevate a diverse voice, a diverse amount of voices uh, so mm -hmm. that we can propose and make suggestions and make recommendations. The blueprint mm -hmm. was such a really great thing that, as you mentioned, is something that, you know, didn't just emerge this year. It's been going on. It's been talked about for years. People have been recommending things. It's been in the process for years. So many different voices have had an impact on making on the pathway to this blueprint going up to, you know, the board of supervisors and then getting approved and mm -hmm. kind of seeing how what we do with that going forward mm -hmm. is going to be so amazing. So yes, another thing that you mentioned that I really loved is you're saying, I, I just need to learn more. I think mm -hmm. when we go through hard things, especially in early childhood, it can be, it can be really disheartening and it can be, oh, I'm just not good at this, or mm -hmm. this just isn't for me. Or there's so many mm -hmm. different I ideas that come out of that when at the core of it, it's just, I need to learn a little bit more about this. <laughs> I swear, I say it almost every time on this podcast, but I'm a better teacher the more that I learn. The more that I learn from my peers, the more that I learn about theory, the more that I learn about social, you know, social change and social justice and anti-bias and just all these different things. When I learn more, I'm able to bring that to 
the teaching community and I'm able to bring that to the classroom and it makes me a better teacher in so many different ways just by being curious and wanting to learn more. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, it's one of my descriptions I often use for myself as being passionately curious. Yes. <laughs> always. You know, one just to add on the learning more, I think the other piece of that is what well, I and is learning more about myself and who mm -hmm. I am in response to the different environments. Mm -hmm. You know, because there's some places where like I've learned, it's like, you know, I can learn all the theory and practice all of these different things. Mm -hmm. And I know if she's listening, one of my previous supervisors is probably thinking, yeah, that sounds about right. It's <laughs> 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 like, hey, this is what you can do. Just like think about the two-year-olds. Like, hey, this is what you do with the two-year-olds. I'm like, I did it and it's mm -hmm. not working. You know, <laughs> is that there's so many things that I kept trying and doing different things. Like, okay, I'll approach it like this. Okay, I can approach it like this. Okay, then there's this theory. I'm like, okay, then there's just me. And then mm -hmm. there are these little individual beings that are interacting with an environment of yes. other beings. And yes. so at some point you're like, you know, I can learn everything in the world, but it's just not something that is my best skill. <laughs> just like, you know, my dad was a basketball coach. Mm -hmm. And I could tell you all the things, not as much now, but when I was younger, I could tell you everything you needed to do to get your shot in there, mm -hmm. how to correct it, all of these different things. Mm -hmm. But then I'd go to do it myself and my body, I'm a soccer player. I ran track mm -hmm. and soccer. Those were the ones that I excelled at, played basketball, anything required hand-eye coordination. Uh -huh. It's more of a challenge. And so yeah. even though I know all know all the theory and the background, the mm -hmm. ability to execute wasn't necessarily there. And it's the same thing. And you know, there's yes. different points yeah. in my life where I may not have been able to execute then, but I can now, and vice mm -hmm. versa. And it's just kind of finding where where that fits, you know. Yes. yes. And there's there's absolutely no shame in just recognizing that, you know what, this is a skill that I'm going to keep working on. I'm going to keep mm -hmm. developing it. I'm going to keep learning, but I know that it's not there for me. Like that is not where yeah. I naturally am going to keep excelling. And there's no shame in that. You know, sometimes I've been in classrooms, two-year-olds are personally my favorite age. I love two-year-olds. I have the two-year-old gene. <laughs> love I, love I love that. Them. I love them. I love it. I love working with them. I love Aww. being in the classroom with them. It just that is my favorite age to work with. I love them. Now you put me in a room with a bunch of seventeen-year-olds. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> that is not my strength. I can do it. I know developmentally <laughs> about adolescence. I know exactly what you're saying. I know everything there is to go mm -hmm. into adolescence, adolescent development. I love it. I love youth-adult partnerships. I love that. Mm -hmm. In practice, though, I just recognize that that's not my strongest. That's not my strength. <laughs> yeah, They're going to make one snarky comment at me. And my feelings are going to get hurt. So. <laughs> oh, see, I was seeing I would have been the one that was making the snarky comments. So I'm <laughs> so, so sorry for that. Well, you know, it's funny because when I worked at the Y, I ended up being um, taking on the camp program and the after school program. And so mm -hmm. that's programming up to age 12. And which was fine. It was like, hey, you know, I, I've got the skills to do administer this program. 
And I realized for myself is that even though I had the skills, I was able to do it. Mm-hmm. My heart was more in the zero to five. Yeah. Whereas, you know, for me, it's like, right, camp was fun, mm-hmm. but it's a week and you never know if you're going to have the same kids or not. Yeah. And I was at a smaller one of the Y's. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, well, if I don't have this kid with, I think in the classroom or even in a after school program, that you have those same kids every day and you get mm-hmm. to watch them grow and learn mm-hmm. and grow and um the challenges presented for those that are in elementary school were just a little bit more than where my heart was i love but until mm-hmm. you know actually I, I shouldn't say that when as my son has gotten older well now he's 24 but i noticed at each age because i was a little nervous i'm like okay mm-hmm. he's gonna not be five he's gonna get older than five at some point <laughs> yeah. what am i gonna do with him and I think because I think I've given the, I've been given the gift of being able to see the magic in development yeah. of people. And yeah. so, yes. yeah, that Matt, people are so fascinating and I have to really mm-hmm. stop myself sometimes, even now, I'm like, wow, that's really fascinating. Like, yeah. but you're not supposed to be doing that. So let's, <laughs> yes. let's redirect. Not just fascinating. <laughs> makes it difficult when you're married um sometimes <laughs> this process was really cool it's like no it's not cool for me <laughs> yeah yes my favorite phrase that i would always use especially with my two-year-olds is mm-hmm. tell me about your idea right so they'll be you'll see them like climbing on the table they're like putting chairs on the table they're trying to climb on it and i'm like okay pause mm-hmm. <laughs> i see you have an amazing idea mm-hmm. tell me about what we're walk me through your idea here and they do it like we're gonna do this and we're gonna do this and i'm like that sounds amazing that sounds so fun mm-hmm. but here's some other ideas <laughs> let's mm-hmm. work together i think there's some other ways that we can do that that's not putting mm-hmm. your body in danger and it's not putting our mm-hmm. friends bodies in danger let's yes. let's talk this out let's figure it out and, and there's so much magic in that there is and we must and it really is like let's work within the constraints of the reality mm-hmm. we have <laughs> which is a classroom <laughs> I need to remind me my own self of that. <laughs> right? Right? I know. I remember one time I was at a, um, I think I was a director at the time, and I was at a site where the teacher mm-hmm. was like, yeah, we have the child with challenging behavior. And that's it's another mm-hmm. area that I kind of, I love getting in and rolling up my sleeves yes. and helping kind of figure out mm-hmm. how to manage. And so I remember they're like one of the things this child would kept going up the slide. And I was like, well, why can't he go up the slide? What's mm. wrong with going up the slide? Like, well, yeah. you're not supposed to do that. Like, but why not? Well, mm. because people can get hurt. Like, okay, but there's nobody else there. How can they get hurt? And they're like, mm. well, you're just not supposed to do that. And so I think for me, it's like always mm. asking why or why not. And so I'm yes. like, okay, well, it it's definitely more of a challenge to go up than it is to go down. Yes. So are there challenges that are there presented that make it harder to go up in other areas that are safe than to go down? And really it's like, okay, what is this child needing? And can we meet that yes. need? And, yes. you know, it's not always popular because it's mm-hmm. always like, no. You just don't go up the slide. Like, well, I go up the slide all the time. Well, I used to. 
And so being, I think, being one of those people that would go up the slide and mm-hmm. say things that you really shouldn't be saying and <laughs> kind of helps <laughs> see the multiple dimensions that are available yeah. within that magic. So like, okay, mm-hmm. you can do this magic here, mm-hmm. but you can't do, just kind of, I think, I don't know, you watch Harry Potter? I never watched Harry Potter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it when was it, in my age group. It was all the rage, and for some reason, I just did not. <laughs> you know, and that's okay. And a lot of mm-hmm. I know so there I more and more people. And I know not everybody watches it, and not everybody agrees with the whole idea of magic. But mm-hmm. one of the premises in there is that you are not supposed to do magic in front of what's called muggles or non-magic um, people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really, once I was like, there is a place where you do it and there's a place uh, where you can't do it. Yes. And so it's helping. And I was like, okay, well, here, let's frame it. Just kind of like your two-year-old. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. this is an amazing construction idea that you have. Mm-hmm. We're in a classroom where there's lots of other people and somebody yeah. can get hurt. So unfortunately... Mm-hmm can't do it here on this table but let's find somewhere else yes and that's so much yeah i i always go back to this idea of just very intentional teaching like what is my intention right is my intention that the students in my classrooms are blindly obedient that they mm-hmm. i they do exactly what i say and they don't question me at all or is my mm-hmm. intention that i want these young individuals to mm-hmm. be agents of social change right do i want mm-hmm. them to go throughout the world and question things, have questions, right? I want Mm -hmm. them to understand that in different spaces, we might have different rules. What works in the Mm -hmm. classroom might not be the same rules you have at home. And the same rules you have at home might not be the same rules you have at grandma's house, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) There might be completely different rules there. And so different spaces have different rules. And let's Mm -hmm. talk about that, right? So what is my intention by telling the child they can't go up the slide, right? Is it my intention to keep kids safe? Okay, Mm -hmm. cool then let's make a plan with this child. Let's make them, let's make a plan. Let's stop and look. Okay, take a pause. Before we go up the slide, let's use our looking eyes. Do you see a friend up there? Because if a friend is up there and they're coming down and you're trying to go up, something's going to happen. <laughs> Something that nobody here wants is going to happen. Like, what do you think could happen, right? And then their wheels start turning like, oh, okay. So you're looking up there. You're going to call out to your friends like, I'm going to come up now so that they know mm-hmm. what's coming, right? So now we're working mm-hmm. together. Now we're using social emotional skills. Mm-hmm. Now we're doing, right? That's my intention. My intention mm-hmm. is to have a developmentally appropriate classroom. My intention is to provide quality care. My intention is that mm-hmm. these individuals grow up to be good, decent, happy people. <laughs> and part of that means we got to work with our peers. Part of that means we got to mm-hmm. learn that there's different rules for different spaces. There's mm-hmm. different people like different things. And that's okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other piece that you said was, is, is this going to be safe for others? And I think mm-hmm. as we look at the parallels in life, that, that there's some places like you're going to mm-hmm. go up a slide and people are yeah. like, oh, why is that person going up that slide? You're not supposed to be doing mm-hmm. that. And in my head, I'm like, well, there's nobody there. So it must be safe. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, 
there is a giant man up there that is going to get everybody mm-hmm. or you know <laughs> or like there's a big monster yeah or there's reasons why in that setting you just don't go up there because you could get hurt in ways that yeah. you have no idea about you can't even conceptualize yet but i know <laughs> no, like, you don't yeah. can see it like oh it's happening again yeah those <laughs> curious slide climbers yes yes it it is it is what happens and you know you just again just be intentional what is our intention here Uh what do i actually want them to learn what do i want them to be doing and when i'm kind of going back to what you said too is connecting back to yourself and connecting back Mm -hmm. to your own like what what do i want who do i want to be as an educator and as a teacher what is what is the environment that i want to create what are my intentions and when you're really firm on those things that this is what i want my classroom community to look like and to feel like i want my students to question me if they don't understand i want them to if they think there's a better way that we could be doing something in the classroom let's talk about it i don't want to be the all-seeing all-knowing omnipotent Mm -hmm. being in the classroom where whatever i Mm -hmm. say goes and that i know everything in the world i don't want because i don't i I don't know everything Mm Yeah. And there's so much joy in that. I want to hear their suggestions and I want to have dialogue. I want to be able to talk that through of, you know what, I see you have a really great idea here. Here's where I'm coming from on that. Or mm-hmm. that's a great idea, but that might not work for all of our friends. Let's let's mm-hmm. brainstorm a better idea that we can utilize all of our friends in that idea, right? I want mm-hmm. that. And so by doing that, that means that I might think about a different a thing a different way, or mm. I might go about a rule a different way. Um, I always love community rules in the classroom, right? Mm-hmm. Even for our very, very young learners, community rules can be so important for them to, again, learn, okay, there's different rules and different roles for different spaces mm-hmm. that I go, and that's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's just gonna be okay. At the park, I can climb up the slide all day, every day, and no one's gonna tell me no, right? Mm-hmm. At school, we got to stop looking listen sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we're going to have a collision and nobody's going to like that. <laughs> you know, I love what you said as far as just going back to that intentionality. It's like, what is yeah. my intention here in this space? Mm-hmm. It's like as a as a teacher and then I think also questioning is this intent does my intention fit this space? Mm-hmm. And this vision I know of this is what I'd like to be. However, this is what the reality is and how am I with it? And developing that emotional intelligence as well as Mm -hmm. the, the social intelligence, you know, there's the multiple intelligences and really tapping into it to understand that, you know, the reality is, and my, my son just told me that uh, the 24 year old, I have also have my seven year old bonus baby who also is one of those, you know, I, I is like, Hey, we have lots of discussions about why this is mm-hmm. okay. And this is not okay. And why they think that this should be okay. And mm-hmm. I, I think I recently said, is like, you know, honestly, right now, it's just because I need you to do what I asked you to do. It's not a time mm-hmm. to be debating or questioning. And I yeah. think, I think my, the 24 year old said, you know, that's actually one of the worst answers you could possibly give somebody. And like, but I did work way too well. <laughs> way too well. This has been the story his whole life. 
But I think ultimately it's true. There are some yeah. times that you just, it's like, if there is an emergency, it is mm -hmm. not the time to be questioning the person telling you how to get out of the burning yes. building about why they chose that path. Yes. Why are we going this way? I really just go because mm -hmm. you are going to get burnt alive. Just go. Yes. <laughs> no. yes. So is understanding, you know, the time and space. And I think our yes. goal as educators, and I think that's where my, I feel like my passion is with the young children, but also with mm. the adults that work with the young children is to help navigate those spaces where we figure out okay, this is a space where I have to just do yes. what needs to happen and how, what is my role as a teacher helping children understand mm -hmm. that, you know, we have to do that this way yes. because of X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. And there are times that, you know, we don't have to time to talk about it, but we don't have to yeah. be rude or demeaning or like, yeah. wow, you know, I would love to have this conversation with you, mm -hmm. but right now, it's time to go to sleep and everybody else is really quiet. Yeah. And you don't want to wake them up. That's the yes. <laughs> yes. But and we want I to think, have that conversation. Exactly. You know? And I think talking that out, I think sometimes we think of young children and we think, oh, you know, they're just, they're like, I don't think we sometimes think of children as people. And that is like the most bizarre thing to me. Like, no, they're just people. They're just smaller and learning. They're learning how to people, but they're still people. And yeah. talking them through these types of things, exactly what you said of, I, I value your input. And I think that your, your voice is very valuable in this community. Yes. And <laughs> mm -hmm. right now at this moment, I do not have the capacity to hear that. I would love to hear it after nap time, mm -hmm. but right now it's not very respectful to our friends that we are talking. Our friends are trying to sleep. We need to be quiet, <laughs> you know, but actually mm -hmm. talking that out to them. And we may need to have that conversation multiple times, depending on the age, multiple mm -hmm. times throughout multiple minutes, you know, <laughs> but eventually, again, that intention is I want the students in my classroom to learn to be respectful, right? Mm -hmm. And what does it mean to be respectful to in my classroom? Being respectful doesn't always mean that you need to blindly be obedient to everything I say, but sometimes that mm -hmm. means let's look around at our community. Mm -hmm. Is what we're doing right now, is that helping our community or is that hurting our community? Mm -hmm. And if that's my intention, then I can have these conversations with them. And eventually, by the end of the year, <laughs> it'll all seep in. It'll all seep in. And then they'll be using my words to each other. And I'm like, okay, it only took us nine months to get here, but we did get here. <laughs> you know, you know, that's so valuable is it, it takes time. And, you know, as adults, mm -hmm. we forget about that and think yes. that just because we're adults, that it should have already happened. And we're yes. all still learning too. And so if yes. there's a child, it's been nine months and they're still not getting it. I got to look at mm -hmm. myself and say, what am I doing? What can I do differently? Mm -hmm. What can I help them with? Because yes. somebody like myself who does, I, I have ADHD inattentive mm -hmm. type, which a lot of people are more in tune with, like they hear ADHD and think, oh, they're okay. all over the place. And that's not always the case is that sometimes oh. they're all over the place in their brain. They're like hyper, they're okay. like full speed ahead. And oh, so that. 
it's not always that they don't hear you. It's just that they're trying mm. to figure it out. And some of that is helping them find the key, the right key that's going to unlock mm -hmm. the door. You know, I kind of yes. think of it, and especially for myself, because a lot of people don't know this about me. I haven't really mm -hmm. made it old public for a lot of people um, because it does have a stigma and there are ways people start seeing you differently when you say it. And they're like, oh, that's because mm -hmm. of ADHD. I'm like, no, it's just because I'm tired of what's happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's kind of like for some, you know, they always say that the expression, a square peg in a round hole, mm -hmm. it's kind of like having a really big round hole that that square peg can fit in, mm -hmm. but not quite. And there's just something there that's yes. not quite. And you're like, well, they get it because they've done it here. It's like, yeah, but they haven't quite mastered it. Or there's something that's mm -hmm. not speaking for them and yes. trying to make sense out of it. And my role, I think under there's the intention and understanding your role so there's your intentions but what is your role in it mm -hmm. like, yeah this is my intention but that's not really my role like for myself yeah. i've always can it's like i'm a facilitator of learning i can't mm -hmm. make somebody grasp something in the way that i want them to mm -hmm. unless their circumstances are right for it just like myself but then i also have learned that there are times where i need to direct the learning not just mm -hmm. facilitate i need to be direct and yeah. so I have to have that cognitive flexibility mm -hmm. and the openness and really that understanding. So being able to see it from multiple perspectives and act on it. And if mm -hmm. I don't have that skill, I have resources outside of myself, mm -hmm. such as colleagues or p other people in my life that can help me develop that understanding and seeing where I need to go to get that resource. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. That was just, it's so beautiful. And, you mm -hmm. know, there's just a wealth of resources out there and it's just, you just sometimes have to be guided to see it. <laughs> yeah. It's available and it's there. And if it's not there, then like, let's ask why. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes we ask, oh, it's not there. So let's just make sure that we'll get it there for everybody else. And then we mm -hmm. find out there's like 500 other resources that are similar, but because everybody yeah. didn't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It kind of, I recently was at a, it was the, the, I'm gonna get it, the oh, Children's Funding Institute in San mm -hmm. Antonio. And I went mm -hmm. with a group um, from San Diego here, the uh, San Diego Children First, uh, I always get it wrong. The Ch Children First Collective San Diego. And it's a collective of different um, entities and individuals mm -hmm. that are working towards really making sure high quality early childhood education, early care and education, mm -hmm. and youth experiences are available for every child in San Diego, no matter what their experience is. And so going to this institute on funding, there are people from all over the country there. And it was, it wasn't like a giant event, but it, there were different mm -hmm. people, honestly, which I was very proud of. And I'm always very proud of is that there's quite a few from California. Usually it's Northern California that has very innovative initiatives that they're trying to okay. get on the ballot. And so it's really about funding that. 
And an interesting thing that I learned when, other than how much it costs to get something on the ballot, let alone mm -hmm. help it succeed, is knowing who your champions are Ooh. and looking at the different spaces that those champions may be because mm. there may be somebody else that's championing something similar. Like mm -hmm. for example, I think one of the examples and I could be getting a, a little bit off. So I'll just say it's my imaginary example <laughs> guided by my imaginary example informed by facts. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, everybody, one thing that we can agree is that literacy is mm -hmm. extremely important. Yes. And I am also on the board for an organization, Words Alive, which is a whole other mm -hmm. conversation. But, you know, ultimately it's like mm -hmm. literacy is not something that should be inaccessible based on your yeah. economic, nothing. It should be accessible mm -hmm. to everybody. Everybody should yeah. be able to be literate. Yeah. And so let's say the librarians are on, there's a, there's a, ballot initiative that's going to fund early childhood education, which we all think is wonderful. And mm -hmm. that for those pre-literacy skills will help them become readers, yada, yada, yada. We're focused mm -hmm. on zero to five. Now early childhood is zero to eight, but looking mm -hmm. at zero to five world. Yeah. And so we get this ballot initiative out there and then all of a sudden we hear the librarians are against it. We're like, how could librarians be against it? Mm. Well, they may have another initiative that may do similar things, but there are other sources. And so uh -huh. some of those champions that you would want for their early childhood mm -hmm. may not have some of, there might be things that impact, let's say those funds that would go to funding early childhood may take funds from the library because it's being funded gotcha. by the general fund and they gotcha. don't want that. And that so sense. it's knowing who you, not just the, the, that I hate using the term stakeholders because it just, it sounds so informal, but it is, you know, it stakeholders really who everybody's there, but who are the stakeholders? Uh, who, I want to say, who are the people? Mm. Who are the people that are impacted or influenced by the multiple details? And once again, there goes that intention. Yes. What are the details or are there enough details? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, our ballot initiative got struck down because mm. librarians are much stronger voice and are like, no, let's not do this. So mm. next time, let's try again. I think that's the other piece is yeah. you have to be willing to keep trying and to be able to resource mm. yourself so that you can take care of yourself and know when you need to step back and let somebody else do it because you're yes. going to have the resource. Yes. And so, yes, hey, yes, I don't yes. have the capacity to meet with all of these different people. Mm -hmm. I only have 24 hours in the day and I have a full-time job and it's not my job. Um, yep. <laughs> so yep. where are those champions that are out there at that? Yes. And also what are all of the other pieces? Who knows who? And, you know, kind yes. of like with the local planning council, we have people from different, different entities. We have parents. Mm -hmm. We have mm -hmm. professionals, we have, you know, nonprofits. So there's all of these mm -hmm. different representatives, but then also those who are not at the table, who can't come mm -hmm. and sit at the table that may not even want to be at the table, who don't care yeah. about the table, <laughs> still will be impacted. <laughs> yes, still be impacted. We still have opinions and thoughts, but it is 
it is very taxing to be involved in all these different things and also be working full time and also be in the classroom and also be, you know, 24 hour mm -hmm. parent, you know, like, yes. it's, it's hard to do all of those things. And so, mm -hmm. as you said, kind of stepping up and stepping back, allowing mm -hmm. other people to, to lead when they need to and taking that break when you need to is so important. Mm -hmm. And exactly like, I think we've talked, I've talked about a different episode, but advocacy can look so different to so many different people. And being yes. in that classroom every day, that is a that is your own step of advocacy. Mm -hmm. You are doing the advocacy by being in that classroom every single day, right? Mm -hmm. And for the people who do have the capacity and do have the drive and the desire to be a part of these meetings, is it fun to go to school board meetings? Not particularly. <laughs> it's not like it's not the time of my life, but I don't mind going there because I want to be involved. I want to hear what's going on. I want to hear from the parents. I want to hear from the school board members. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the local planning mm -hmm. council. I want to be there. I have the capacity to be there. And, you know, I have the time to be there right now. And so that mm -hmm. to me is my form of advocacy. And that's how I'm showing up for my community. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different ways and avenues to do that, to advocate within education and to be a part of that. And it's mm -hmm. just, it's just, there's so much variety and beauty to it. You just got to mm -hmm. look at what works again, coming back to yourself, what's going to work mm -hmm. for me in the time that I have available right now that I have to spend with this, uh, my mental capacity, my emotional capacity, like mm -hmm. checking with yourself, where are you? Do you have the capacity to do mm -hmm. what it is you want to do? And it might be a, not right now. And that's mm -hmm. okay. And it's hard. <laughs> I tell myself not right now all the time. <laughs> you, know, you know, it could be hard though, because it's not, you're like, you know, I really, you know, like something will happen. Like, man, if I was there, I could have helped. Or, mm -hmm. you know, I had to step back and now mm -hmm. they're starting over again. And now look, they're still in the same place and it could be frustrating. And I think what that institute really taught me is like, yeah, it can be frustrating. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we've got to learn to sit with, with at times mm -hmm. that we really don't want to sit with it Yeah, and saying, you know, I don't want to sit with this. I'm not okay. I feel mm -hmm. like this is a waste of resources and mm -hmm. all of these other things. At the end of the day, the reality is I still got to sit with it. So, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you don't have a choice. <laughs> so I'll sit with it and the feeling will end. It will go away and I'll move on to something else and it will be okay. Mm -hmm. And it will mm -hmm. be okay. And on that topic of advocacy and education, mm -hmm. how do you reimagine education? I to reimagine it i think is a tough question because you know i don't um, i imagine it the way in this way mm -hmm. right now is definitely not how i imagined it i mm -hmm. would like to reframe it for everyone and i imagine not everyone but for those who are are trying there's lots of well-intentioned people who when you have a little bit of knowledge of a system and they think they're helping and it has huge implications or you want to rip the band-aid mm -hmm. just kind of like you brought up tk and how yeah. we've been advocating for high quality early mm -hmm. childhood education and a pre-k system in california and we've mm -hmm. been advocating for it and it hasn't happened the way that we imagined Mm -hmm. You know, and so in my, I was like, that's not how I imagine it. So to bring it into yes. my imagination, I imagine an early care and education system 
that is seen as an integral part and valued of the larger mm. educational system is seen as a holistic system that is fully mm. funded, that is funded in the ways that will help those communities thrive in the way that they need to, that will help children, help families, help the mm. educators. Every person within the system has is able to contribute in the ways that will contribute to the learning and growth and development of others. Mm -hmm. And in a positive, healthy, there's negative things that happen, but I think a healthy and resilient way so that we can evolve. There's no cookie cutter approach because we're not cookie cutters. Yep. You know, it's like, you know, in school they say, you know, there's, oh, we're not a melting pot. We're a salad bowl. But guess what? There's a lot of stinking salads out there. So <laughs> a lot of them won't even go into that debate. Raisins and potato salad. Um, oh, 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 no. Oh, no. Don't get me started on. No, thank you. <laughs> but just imagining that we respect, we respect the salads of the community. <laughs> we respect the individuals and mm -hmm. the an honor mm -hmm. and grow as a community. Yeah, and evolve. And so I. I, you know, I imagine a system that actually does that has mutual respect and understanding of that yeah. collaborative collaboration that's needed to be, to survive and thrive together. Yes. I love it. Thriving together, just being in mutual, mutual aid of each other, mutual respect. And I think that theme that we've talked about a lot is just mm -hmm. curiosity staying curious yes. about those around us, mm -hmm. wanting to learn more about those around us, wanting to learn to be the best that we can really be and mm -hmm. honoring where our, where our gifts are, honoring mm -hmm. <laughs> where our gifts may not be the strongest. <laughs> it make those be your hobby, not your yes. life skills. <laughs> yeah, yes, you know, I think it's, it's so good to keep learning, to keep doing those things and yes, keep doing it, but also just honoring that okay, that may not be where my special gift lies, but I know that my special gift is spread out in many other areas <laughs> and it is out there thriving. Um, is there any initiatives that you are a part of, anything going on that you wanted to share with the audience? Uh, where can they find out more information about any of these initiatives that we've talked about? Well, you know, there, there are so many out there. <laughs> However, I would say, you know, there are, but there are some key spaces that I am really expending my energy right now uh, that mm -hmm. I want to uplift. Uh, one of those, of course, is my, my employer, not just because I get a paycheck, but, you know, I've been there for 15 years for a reason. And yeah. uh, like Neighborhood House Association mm -hmm. is also often mis mistaken for a place that where you find out about housing. And so... <laughs> There's I can, I can so, see that. Yes. So there's so much more. And so taking the time to visit Neighborhood House Association San Diego's okay. website. Okay. The other would be the Children's First Collective of San Diego because they're okay. also part. They have the blueprint for child care in mm -hmm. San Diego County on their website. So okay. looking them up, Words Alive. Once again, okay. we're trying to eradicate illiteracy. 
bottom line, mm. but doing it in socially conscious ways that yes. will expand and push your mind. So with wordsalive.org. And the other one, of course, is the local planning council. May not be everybody's thing, but there it might be somebody you know's thing. You know? <laughs> yes. Or you know, there's always emailing that you can I'm always available. Like find me on LinkedIn as you've got a question or wonder about something mm -hmm. and get connected and what you should know or help others know. So yes. thank you. And I'll be sure to to link all of this in the description of this episode. Mm -hmm. So if you're curious about anything we've talked about, it'll be there. Quick quick little click away. Uh, Julia, thank you so much for joining me today. This has just been such a refreshing conversation. I feel so energized. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. Yay. Thank you so much for joining me and appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so grateful for you opening your platform and using your voice to spend spend some time educating our community and, and making the world a better place. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Conscious Pathways podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and follow Conscious Pathways so you never miss a new episode. And please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show to grow. You can also follow Conscious Pathways on YouTube, TikTok, or Instagram. As always, those socials will be linked in the show notes. And I'll be back next week for more transformative conversations and education. Bye!